With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Pensburg Podcast. I am your host, Garrett Bahanna, and as always, alongside me is fellow Pensburg writer, Robbie Noggle. Robbie, it is the first Pensburg Podcast of 2022. Happy New Year to you, uh, and hopefully, Robbie, with the COVID surges that are finally starting to die down a little bit around the NHL, hopefully we're in for more uh, more hockey as we enter into the, the harsh winter months of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. But how have you been? How was your new year? Are you ready to watch some more Penguins hockey? Oh, absolutely. And definitely some fingers crossed there on the uh, more hockey coming because uh, you never know. It seems like uh, one thing's going, you get another couple guys falling into the COVID protocol. So fingers crossed. Um, uh, but since coming back, it's been all it's all peachy for the Pens. That it has been, Robbie. They, they miss what has been... Uh, I think I was listening to a broadcast and it's been almost a month, if not over a month since the Penguins have had a prolonged stretch of games. When you take into consideration, uh, the holiday break and the COVID surges that put a pause on everything, the Penguins are back to playing hockey and they picked up right where they left off before the stoppages. Uh, as we record this right now, the Penguins are currently winners of nine straight games. And as we dive into our recap segment here, we have a couple of games to talk about, a couple of games against Western Conference opponents. The first game being against the San Jose Sharks in a game that the Penguins won by a score of 8-5. to five. Pretty crazy game, all things considered, Robbie, when you look at the score sheet and you see 13 combined goals scored. But the Penguins, as I mentioned, come out as the victors here. Uh, let's get into the scoring here, as it was a wild first period for the Penguins. Evan Rodriguez continuing his hot start to the season. Well, I guess it wouldn't be a start, considering we're in January already, but he's still having a career year. 
Rodriguez gets his 11th goal of the season at the 103 mark of the first period of play. That's followed up by Jake Gensel's 16th tally of the season. A couple of minutes later at the 312 mark of the first period, Evan Rodriguez gets his second goal of the game here, number 12 of the season. Pittsburgh out to a 3-0 lead. Brian Rust gets on the score sheet, getting his third goal of the season. Nice to see Rust back and finding some chemistry and finding the score sheet after a prolonged injury had kept him out of the lineup. However, Alexander Barbanov gets the San Jose Sharks on the board, cuts into the lead, Pittsburgh for San Jose 1 at the 15-33 mark of the first period of play. But the Penguins would not stop the scoring there in the first frame as Casper Burquist uh, getting called up from the AHL affiliate in Wilkes-Barre, playing in his first, I believe his first professional NHL game, getting his first career NHL goal. Bjorkquist on the board, Pittsburgh out to a 5-1 to one lead. Brian Rust gets on the score sheet for the second time in the first 20 minutes of play, his fourth goal of the season. And after all of that, the first intermission comes Pittsburgh is out to a 6-1 to one lead heading into the first intermission. Everything is turning up Penguins right now. Into the second period, however, on the power play, Brent Burns would get his fourth goal of the season. On the power play, it would be Pittsburgh 6, San Jose 2. Pittsburgh still comfortably out, having a four-goal lead entering the third period of play. And in the third period, things get a little bit dicey here for the Penguins as the San Jose Sharks score three consecutive goals thanks to Matt Nieto, Jacob Middleton, and Logan Couture. And in the span of roughly four minutes of play, it was Pittsburgh 6, San Jose 5. However, Evan Rodriguez on the power play would complete his hat trick at the 17.59 mark of the third period, and Brian Rust would get the empty netter with just 10 seconds to go in regulation Pittsburgh wins by a score of 8-5. to five. Robbie, we get two hat tricks in this game thanks to the sensational Evan Rodriguez and Brian Rust. Uh, a little bit of shaky play specifically from Casey DeSmith, who was the, uh, who was the starting netminder here. And we might uh, touch on Casey DeSmith's play uh, as we get into the main segment here. But Pittsburgh wins 8-5. to five. Robbie, uh, what are your thoughts from this crazy Crazy game from PPG Paints Arena to ring in 2022. Well, this is uh, absolutely insane to come back um, after that long layoff and play a game like this. I don't know what quite I was expecting. I think I expected a maybe a little sluggish start. I mean, it had been how long since they had played at this point, and they were getting some fresh bodies back in the lineup. So I wasn't quite sure what I expected, but it was not that. And it's great to see that because they could have easily kind of sleepwalked at the beginning of that game, got behind, but they did the exact opposite of that, came out guns blaring. They were the better team on paper, and they proved it on the ice that night. Uh, big credit. Erod keeps whatever he's doing this year. He must have ate uh, some very good Wheaties in the offseason, so let's hope that he keeps doing that. And uh, Rust, we know what Rust is if he can just stay healthy. So not exactly a shock from Rust, but Rodriguez, everything he's been doing this year, it doesn't seem anything can slow him down. Uh, whether it's, hey, I don't think he's really been injured at all this year, knock on wood, but COVID up and down the lineup, nothing can seem to slow him down. He's scoring everywhere, scoring on the power play. And for what the Penguins are paying him, he has to be one of the best bargains in the league right now, uh, bar none. Um, as for how this game progressed, um, yeah, letting them back into it was not fun. Luckily, they 
were able to ice it away uh, in the latter part of the third period. But yeah, a little a, a little foot off the gas there. Casey Smith, though, uh, you, you you'd hope he'd be a little bit better uh, for you, but unfortunately he couldn't get all the saves when needed. But luckily they had that big lead and were able to salt it away and get a, a an eighth win. Though that's probably the longest the Penguins have gone between wins to continue a win streak in uh, probably their entire uh, entire history, I'd say, because that's I mean three weeks off, you're on fire. You hate to see that that abrupt halt come, but whatever they did during the break, they got healthy and Mike Sullivan must've done something to keep them, them focused. Cause they came out and they were on fire in that game and eight wins in a row uh, after that Sunday victory over the sharks. So would the penguins continue this prolonged stretch of great play heading into a game against the St. Louis blues on January 5th? Uh, no goals to speak of in the first period of play. So let's get out into the second period Braden Shen on the power play just 20 seconds in gives St. Louis a 1-0 lead over the Pittsburgh Penguins. Jordan Cairo would get his 13th tally of the season at the 8.45 mark of the second period. St. Louis would go out to a 2-0 lead. Brian Rust would get his sixth goal of the season on the power play at the 13.30 mark of the second period to cut into the St. Louis lead. Assists coming from Evan Rodriguez and Chris Letang. However, Colton Pareko would answer right back for the Blues getting his fourth tally of the season. St. Louis out to a two-goal lead yet again. St. Louis leads 3-1. to one over the Penguins, but Brian Rust would answer yet again, getting his seventh goal of the season at the 15:46 mark of the second period. As we go into the second intermission, it is St. Louis 3, Pittsburgh 2. Heading into the third period of play now, Sidney Crosby gets on the score sheet, getting his fifth goal of the season at the 12:23 mark of the third. This game is now tied. It's St. Louis 3, Penguins 3. And we keep talking about him, Robbie. Evan Rodriguez on the power play to give the Penguins the lead here, clawing all the way back at the 12.35 mark of the third period. It's Pittsburgh 4, St. Louis 3. And Brock McGinn getting his ninth goal of the season with just under two minutes to play in regulation, giving the Penguins the win here, Pittsburgh 5, St. Louis 3. So, Robbie, while Pittsburgh... Uh, gets a much-needed two points here. They keep their win streak alive. Evan Rodriguez scores. Brian Russ scores two goals as well. Get the captain on the score sheet. Uh, one of the big talking points from this game, and as a result, uh, even on Pensburg.com, we had something go up earlier today uh, talking about Casey DeSmith's recent run of play. He was pulled in favor of Tristan Jari, and Jari coming in, uh, in relief of DeSmith and making 13 saves on 13 shots, playing in just under uh, just under 26 minutes of ice time as he helped the Penguins claw back and eventually get the two points to beat the Blues. But, Robbie, I'll hand it over to you. What were the thoughts and what were your takeaways from this matchup against the Blues on January 5th? This was a very back and forth kind of game. Uh, the Penguins did get down. They were down two nothing, then three one, but they didn't quit. They kept battling, kept battling. They were the better team for long stretches of play, and they finally got that tying goal. And then because Craig Berube made that challenge and lost, uh, they scored less than fifteen seconds later. Once again, Evan Rodriguez. Uh, getting yet another power play goal uh, to it was four three at that point and then Brock McGinn put the ice put the icing on the cake uh, 
uh, with about a minute and a half left. But this is the kind of win that, I mean, against a good St. Louis team, a competitive St. Louis team, uh, you get down, you're about to head out on a long road trip. You got a back-to-back with your rivals the very next night. The Penguins could have easily uh, just packed it in, rested the legs, and got ready and hopped on a flight to Philadelphia. But instead... They did the exact opposite of that. They just kept fighting, fighting, fighting. There's a lot of pride. They want that. They wanted that ninth win in a row. They wanted to uh, send the home fans off uh, for the next two or so weeks with a good taste in their mouth, and that's exactly what they did with that uh, with that performance, that comeback performance. And those are the kind of games that make you maybe sit back and think about, hmm, maybe this team can do something special. Again, as we talked plenty of times in the past couple of years, it all comes down to what they do uh, in goal. And really, I mean, Casey Smith obviously has been struggling this year. He had that one solid stretch of play there for a while, but it seems like he's reverted back into the Casey Smith he was uh, to start the season. But on a brighter note, Tristan Jari, just out of COVID protocols, coming off the bench cold, trailing, slammed that door shut. Uh, St. Louis never sniffed the back of the net again after he came in. And the Penguins' offense kind of took over. Crosby gets uh, – or Russ uh, brings it within one, and then Crosby gets a tire, and Rodriguez and again um, score then to put the uh, or, uh, put the win, win in the win column and get that ninth in a row. So, yeah, that's one of those games where there's definitely some issues, some stuff that you don't like, but you keep stacking wins, uh, good things are going to happen, and they are right now for the Penguins. And that's just another step toward um, – uh, what they want to accomplish. Robbie, you, you briefly mentioned there that you were kind of watching this team. You kind of get that feeling that, that spark that not a lot of penguins teams have given me over the last couple of seasons. And as I was sitting here watching the blues game the other night, I, I saw similar sentiment on social media, uh, the ability to the, 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 res- the resilience uh, to keep coming and keep pushing. Looking at the stats here, Pittsburgh had 41 shots on goal to St. Louis's 29. They Pittsburgh wins 57% of their faceoffs. They go two for five on the power play. Uh, you mentioned they're getting solid goaltending from their starter uh, uh, Jari when they need to. You know, will they re-examine the backup netminder position as we as we inch towards the trade deadline? Now that being one of the the bigger dates on the calendar as we're in 2022. Now will they re-examine the the backup goaltender position? Uh, you know, maybe that's a conversation for for another podcast down the road, and we'll see what happens with Casey DeSmith's future here. But uh, the point I want to make here before we get into our main segment is having that spark, that, that feeling of watching this team and seeing that resilience from this this particular Penguins team, the 2021-22 roster. You know, it, it's still January. The Penguins currently sit at 19-8-5. They're in the thick of it in the Metropolitan Division right now. But I'm watching this team, and I'm starting to get uh, I'm starting to get a little little tingle in the pit of my stomach watching how good this team can be. And Robbie, that's what's going to lead us into our main segment here because they ha- the, the Penguins have won nine straight games, and I, as I mentioned, they sit at nineteen eight and five. They're getting good goaltending. All of this is coming together, and they're doing it without arguably the second best player on their roster in Evgeny Malkin. Malkin is just days away now from making his season debut after recovering from offseason knee surgery. Uh, so 
when you look at the presence of Evgeny Malkin and Robbie, he's 35 years old. He has openly said that, you know, his knee feels 200% better. Uh, I'm not sure what kind of player we're going to get with Malkin once he hits the ice. You know, maybe it takes him seven to 10 games to get back up to speed again for being an older player now, an elder statesman. But Robbie, my question to you is uh, how much of a positive or negative impact will Malkin's presence bring to the second line? Because that's presumably where he's going to slot in. And how much of a positive will he bring to this team overall? Uh, Seeing how much success the Penguins have had this year without the presence of Evgeny Malkin on the ice. This Penguins team, as I mentioned, has won nine straight games. Can this team get even stronger with Evgeny Malkin hitting the ice again? And as an additional question, what do you what do you make of the the forward lines? Would Evan would you, would you keep Evan Rodriguez in the top six uh, alongside Malkin? Maybe put uh, Rodriguez on the left wing of Malkin and Kapanen on the right wing. Would you put Rodriguez into the bottom six to try and get a more balanced scoring approach? So, Robbie, I'll hand the microphone over to you again. What do you make of Evgeny Malkin's impending return, and what do you make of the Penguins moving forward as we march forward into 2022? Uh, simply put, I look forward to Evgeny Malkin's impending return, despite what some in the Pittsburgh media may say about him possibly mixing with the chemistry. I feel like that is always it's just like the low-hanging fruit to kind of uh, talk about and kind of just to get some clicks and to get some attention. So um, with that out of the way, I, you have to be ready for it because guess what? It's coming, whether you like it or not. They're not going to keep Evgeny, a healthy Evgeny Malkin out of the lineup because that doesn't make any sense. You're talking about one of, you're talking about the 101st greatest NHL player of all time. You're talking about a former MVP, a 50 goal scorer, a Conn Smythe winner. Okay, he's not 25, 26, 27 anymore, but he's still Evgeny Malkin. And the good thing about that, even though he's coming off surgery, major knee surgery, the leg should be, should be juiced up. Obviously, the Penguins have been skating really well with that extended break they just had, and the Penguins are now entering a long stretch of games all on the road, out west, a lot of travel, a very condensed schedule, and it's going to get more condensed once these canceled games get made up. So Malkin should have plenty of juice in them legs. So getting him back in the lineup, as for how you sort things around, I think you still go with a... Gensel, Crosby, Russ top line, at least to start out. You can't really put Rodriguez into the bottom six. I don't think the way he's playing, you got to give him a chance with a guy like Malkin to play with Kapanen um, to give him. He has to be getting top minutes right now. You cannot possibly take that away from them, not only because he's been playing so well, but he's earned every bit of playing as a top line winger and maybe you mix things up maybe you put him with Crosby a little bit however you want to make it work you go out there and make it work you get Rodriguez in there somewhere you have Malkin obviously is your second center get Kapanen on his right side uh, just to try to get his ball rolling a little bit and then as for that you're going to get Carter back here he's only in protocol so hopefully he's out of here soon you know you got Bluegram again and Aston Reese the kid that's coming from Chicago, uh, whether or not he makes his impact, um, we'll, we'll, we'll have to wait and see on that. Uh, Bjorkwist is obviously still still around right now, whether or not he'll be 
Um, a factor going forward is another wait and see. Drew O'Connor is currently in protocol, but you have to think that he's going to make an impact. And as we talk about the um, the offense here, I think you got to give some talk to the defense. Um, they've been playing very well. It hasn't been perfect. It's not going to be perfect with that unit, but they're playing very, very solid as well. And that, from top to bottom right now, just uh, so much going good for the Penguins and waiting in the wings is a future Hall of Famer in Evgeny Malkin. And, yeah, I understand the concern about the chemistry, blah, 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 blah. Well, guess what? There's players on that team that Malkin has chemistry with already. So to say that you that he could potentially screw it up, I don't really buy into that narrative just because, I mean, he's Evgeny Malkin. I mean, let's be serious here. This isn't a guy you're trading, uh, you're trading for that maybe he has to mesh with some of his teammates. Malkin's been practicing with some of these guys for a couple of years now. I mean, Rodriguez has been in Pittsburgh for how long now? He's been practicing. He practiced. He played with Kapanen last year. He knows all these guys. He's had good success with Jake Gensel. So um, to go to kind of buy into the narrative that he's going to screw this up, um, I don't believe it. I don't buy it. And I'm unquestionably looking forward to seeing 71 back in the lineup as soon as possible. Well said, Robbie. And to, just to put a bow on your part of the discussion, I completely agree with you. Uh, I, I'm not one of those people who looks at a guy like Malkin uh, and says he's going to disrupt team chemistry. Uh, I think his presence on the ice alone, as an opposing coach, you have to game plan. It, it, might, it may have been easier to game plan to try and take Sidney Crosby out of the equation uh, because Malkin wasn't on the ice, but just having his presence alone, even if he does nothing offensively, having Malkin on the ice forces you as a coach to game plan differently. You know, how are you going to spread your defense out to try and stop uh, Evgeny Malkin once he is on the ice? So I, I agree. I am very much looking forward to Malkin's return. And you're right. Uh, we have to look at the Penguins going forward. And when I say going forward, I mean over the next two to three seasons. We have to look at it with uh, uh, a bit of an asterisk, and not not in a bad way. Uh, you, you said that Malkin isn't 25 anymore, and that same sentence goes for Crosby and Latang, the three pillars of this team for the last 15 years. You can't expect these guys who are getting older; they're on the wrong side of they're on the downswing of their careers at 34, 35 years old, it's going to be more difficult for them to produce offense at a sustained rate, even if they are superstar, legendary Hall of Fame players. And I, I think all three of them are. Uh, but, you know, we have to, you know, take stock of everything and, and put it into some sort of perspective. These aren't the same players that won the Stanley Cup against Detroit in 2009. These are, as much as I don't want to admit it, these are elder statesmen. Uh, on the wrong side of 30. That doesn't mean they don't have juice left in the tank, but uh, having Malkin come back to slot in on his second line is only going to make this Penguins team stronger as uh, they hope that they can squeeze one more solid cup run into this core before we start asking uh, the question of what's next in the next era of Penguins hockey. So we will keep you up to tabs with everything that happens with the Penguins and Evgeny Malkin's eventual return over at Pensburg.com. So uh, go there and, and see if you like any of the content that we're putting out, all the fantastic content that we're putting out on a regular basis as well. So Robbie, we'll shift from the main segment. We'll go into our mailbag segment. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And if you're a first-time listener or a long-time listener, you're just finding the Pensburg podcast after the first of the year and you like what you're listening to, you have the chance to submit your question for this mailbag segment every week. We will send out a tweet asking for your participation in this segment. We want to know what the listeners have questions about and we always love getting participation from the listeners. All of these questions came, they were in last week's mailbag. Uh, we didn't have a podcast last week, a combination of the new year and the Penguins not playing games at that point. So all of these questions came from last week's mailbag, but they're still, I think they're still timely and relevant. So uh, Robbie, as always, you'll get first crack at the mailbag. Uh, Tony Nikonen is back. He is a longtime mailbag participant. And Robbie, he wants to know, what are one or two additions that you think would help with a cup run? I think the one obvious one is um, a backup goaltender. And no offense to Casey Smith, it's it just ain't happening, man. And I think that that is priority number one, is a solid backup veteran um, at a cheap cost uh, that uh, that – can just take that role because it's it, he kind of turned it around there for a brief period, but I think it's becoming clear that it's just not uh, it's just not there uh, for for Casey Smith and um, you know Penguins. I mean Jari obviously has been playing great, but he has to prove himself in the playoffs yet. So you have to think that that has to be on the short list of. Uh, of adi- of additions for GM Ron Hextall here with uh, the trade deadline uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks. Uh, it's just it's very clear that even though Jory's a clear cut number one, they just need a more veteran, solid presence behind him. Uh, so I think that is priority number one. And I think I'm going to cheat here a little bit for my second addition, and it's Evgeny Malkin. I think that I mean it's a I, get, I, I wouldn't call it a free addition because they're going to have to take him off of uh, LTIR and his contract will account against the salary cap, but it's not costing you anything in terms of assets, and not everybody has a Evgeny Malkin waiting in the wings. Uh, you could be Tampa Bay where you had Brayden Point and Nikita Kucherov out for a long time, but as good, great as those guys are, it's very nice to know that looking at the roster, it's a solid roster, and it can definitely be tweaked a little bit, but your biggest tweak is coming here, what feels like any day now, in number 71. Um, so I think those are your two key pieces, is one and is a backup goaltender, which you have to go out and get, uh, a veteran to back up Tristan Jari, and Evgeny Malkin. Uh, all you got to do is some paperwork to get him back in the everyday lineup, make the money work, which uh, it, and it's going to work out. Uh, move some players around to get a roster spot open. And there is your other addition. And it doesn't really cost you anything in terms of assets, which um, is really nice for the Penguins. And then, I, but other than that, I, what they do trade-wise, 
I think it's hard to say um, outside of a backup goaltender because if you look up this ro- up and down this roster, where do you find um, kind of a hole that needs plugged with a trade or that can't be filled with a guy like Drew O'Connor or a guy like Casper uh, Bjorkwist or something or this uh, the Nylander kid they traded Sam Lafferty for from Chicago. Uh, we'll see what he brings to the team. So hopefully uh, maybe you don't need to do anything too crazy and your your holes can be simply plugged with a backup goaltender and Evgeny Malkin. Question number two comes from Brendan. Uh, speaking of Evgeny Malkin, uh, the seemingly star of this episode, uh, Malkin recently made comments about money not being a concern with contract talks. If that's the case, what price point do you see him signing at? I'd be very happy with a 7.5 to 8.25 million AAV on a three-year deal. A three-year deal would fit perfectly with where the Penguins are going to be aligned in a couple of years' time. 7.5 to 8.25, I I like that as well. Uh, Right now, his cap hit for the last year of his contract, which is this year, is his 9.5 million. Robbie, I don't know. It's hard for me. I'm not a cap expert. Uh, I can't foresee, especially after... Uh, Malkin made the comments that he did, you know, openly coming out and saying, you know, look, I'm a rich guy. I, I don't, do you buy Malkin's word at face value when he says money isn't an issue? Because if you do, then, you know, looking at him taking a little bit of a hometown discount, you know, 7.25 or around 8 million, you know, around that kind of mark that would help the Penguin salary cap wise, you know, going down from 9.5 to 7.25 or 8 million, whatever it is. Uh, if you buy Malkin at his word, then I would absolutely welcome him back for three years because three years specifically, you look at Sidney Crosby's contract after the 2021-22 season ends, he also has three years left on his deal. He becomes a free agent after the 2024-25 season. So if the, if, if, if all the planets align you have Crosby here for three more seasons. You have Malkin signed for a little bit less than what he's making now for three more seasons. And Latang is right now, he's my wild card. Uh, I think even with the new ownership group, uh, Mario Lemieux openly stated that he wanted Malkin and Crosby to retire as Penguins. I think the, the fellows from the Fenway Sports Group would probably echo that sentiment as well. Uh, if Malkin comes back on a three-year deal, and the the Crosby, Malkin, and possibly Latang era all coming to a conclusion in three years' time. Uh, I think that would round out pretty well. But Robbie, I wanted to include you on this question as well because, like I said, I, I'm no salary cap expert. I'm not sure what kind of money Malkin or his agents have demanded privately from you know Ron Hextall and company. We're obviously not privy to those conversations, but. Robbie, do you believe Malkin when he, he says, you know, money isn't an issue at this point in his career? I guess the, the big question is, Robbie, do you see Malkin re-signing with the Penguins uh, around summertime when his contract does officially expire? I, I do see him uh, staying in Pittsburgh. I think that, one, you mentioned, you made a good point about the Fenway Sports Group. Um, this is an, invest, an investment for them. So they are going to do whatever they can to keep that value for as long as possible. And keeping that value means keeping Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin in Pittsburgh. I think that Evgeny Malkin stays in Pittsburgh. Three years seems like a good window for what the Penguins are trying to accomplish at the end of this era. Malkin's probably happy with three years because that would take him to almost 40. I, I 7.5, 8.25. 
I I have to look at what Ovechkin's getting paid in that new deal. I think you have to look at um, something in that ballpark. I'm trying to get there real quick, but he's not going to come super super cheap. But if you can save any money against the, the salary cap, you have to. Ovechkin's getting paid. Nine point five million through the twenty five twenty six season. So you have to think that Malkin comes in less than that. But how much less than that? Uh, if you can get two million less than that, I think that's a win for the Penguins. Evgeny Malkin is currently. Um, I mean, he's on LITR here. I have to try to find him because. Um, Uh, what is he? he is 35 so three years takes him to 38 um so i think three years you, he's getting paid nine and a half million this year the number's going to go down so if you could save two million two million i think you take that the Malkin contract talks and the Latang contract talks have been a point of discussion on the podcast for some time now. I don't know if they're going to go away, so it'll probably be something we're talking about for the next five or six months. But uh, I will say, no matter when the NHL finishes their season, uh, whether they finish it on time or if we go into uh, if we go into summer and they're still playing Stanley Cup playoff hockey, uh, the the, the the contract negotiations will be probably one of the biggest stories, if not the biggest story, heading into the uh, the Penguins, uh, the 2022-23 season. So we'll keep you posted on that as well as we get more news. Uh, question number three for you, Robbie, also comes from Brendan. Is Mike Matheson 4.8 times better than Yuso Rickola? Personally, I'd I'd rather have a Rickola Chad Ruedel third pairing next year to save cap space and not really lose or maybe be better defensively. Uh, if we're talking about next year, I mean, I think you're gonna have a bunch of money kind of moved around this offseason. Whether that's Mike Matheson, uh, Evgeny Malkin coming in cheaper, and then. Do you want to re-sign Brian Rust? Uh, Matheson, I thought, would maybe be on the chopping block this past offseason. And if we're trading any defenseman, and you have to remember Crystal Tang, too. Um, but if you're trading any defenseman, I think Matheson would probably be my uh, top choice. Uh, Marcus Pedersen was the popular choice, but Marcus Pedersen's playing some pretty freaking good hockey, especially with John Marino right now. So I'm backing off my let's trade uh, Mike Matheson tra- or uh, Marcus Pedersen uh, train here a little bit. Matheson, I think of all the defensemen is probably the most dispendable, whether or not he's the most tradable is another question entirely because that contract is so out of this world. Uh, he just offers, he offers so much more offensively than Rikula does. It's just Mike Matheson, in the defensive zone can be a very interesting experience so i think matheson is probably your most likely defenseman to be traded whether or not they pull that trigger i don't know with how everything else works out uh, is he better than ricola i'd say yes because i'm not necessarily like we've seen so little of ricola in pittsburgh during his time here that i'm not really w- willing to say um that he is and he's had opportunities to break through it's just he's never been able to grasp that permanent third pairing spot so you have to wonder 
just what the ceiling is on Ricola. If he even if he's equal to Matheson, it, it, can you maybe find something better than both of them for a cheaper price than what Matheson is coming is coming at? So I, I think Matheson is definitely a candidate to be moved this off season, but we'll worry about that in July or August. Um, hopefully, once uh, Mike Matheson has his name on the Stanley Cup. Yeah, first and foremost, if the Penguins can go out with a, go out and finish this season with a Stanley Cup, uh, you know, contract negotiations and trade negotiations are on the back burner. Uh, my only question with Matheson is, you look at his contract, his cap hit of 4.875 for the next one, two, three, four seasons. He has a modified no trade clause in there. Uh, it's just, you look at that cap hit number and I'm just thinking... What general manager, I mean, I guess any contract can be moved for the right price, uh, but Mike Matheson, this is no slight to him, but he's a third pairing guy. He can probably be bumped up to the second second pair if you need him there, but for 4.875, he's obviously not worth that money in my opinion. The Penguins did not give him that contract. The Florida Panthers did. Uh, obviously, he was traded here to the Penguins with that contract already signed so uh you know will mike will mike matheson be on the chopping block in six months time uh, that's a story for some time down the road if he is indeed traded to uh open up some salary cap space uh, but we will have obviously like we said we will have those discussions hopefully long into the summer after a stanley cup has been awarded to the penguins but uh robbie that will do it for the first pensburg podcast of 2022 it is in the books Hopefully, like we, like I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, we won't have too many more interruptions COVID-wise. Uh, you can never tell with this virus and how these North American sports leagues and, and, and governments are, are going to react to how bad it can get. So, you know, like you said, Robbie, the schedule is going to get condensed. We're going to get a lot of hockey over the next uh, three and a half to four months, uh, especially now that the NHL is not going to the Olympics. So, Strap in, buckle up, baby, as uh, the great Mike Lang always used to say. And uh, for Robbie Noggle, I have been Garrett Bahanna. Again, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Pensburg Podcast. And we will talk to you guys next week.